Hi, uh, I'm Paul Stanland of the University of Chicago. I'm here with Emma Ashford, who has recently written a very interesting article in Foreign Policy entitled, America Can't Promote Democracy Abroad and Can't Even Protect It at Home. Emma, can you give a, kind of an introduction of who you are and what this article says? Yeah, great to, to talk to you today, Paul. Um, so I'm Emma Ashford. I'm a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council in, in Washington. Um, and I wrote this article um, about 10 days ago, right after the attacks on the US Capitol. Um, and, and it was a question that was kind of roiling the US foreign policy community at the time, um, because a lot of people turned around and said, you know, oh no, these um, the d disturbance at the Capitol, these attacks at the Capitol, um, they'll really damage America's moral authority. They'll make it much harder for America to act as a force for good in the world. Um, and, and my argument uh, was basically, you know, that that's the wrong thing to be thinking about at this point. We shouldn't be thinking, you know, will this make it harder for us to spread democracy around the world? We should be thinking, well, how did it go so wrong at home? And is there something we could be doing to focus at home in, instead of, of abroad? Um, you know, and I'm curious, Paul, to get to get your take on some of this debate. Um, you know, do you think um, that what happened, um, not just at the Capitol last week, but over the last few months, as, as Donald Trump has sort of attacked um, the legitimacy of elections here in the U.S., is that going to have a, a an impact on U.S. foreign policy going forward? Well, I think we can think about this both in terms of causes and consequences. So in terms of consequences, I think it's it's going to really limit or to some extent limit the ability of the U.S. to kind of show up in other countries and talk about peaceful transfers of power and things like that. Right. So I think there are obviously, you know, some problems uh, that, that emerge as a consequence. I think in terms of deeper causes, something that's in, been interesting to, to note is in the fall, the Chicago Council on uh, Global Affairs published a series of opinion polls. And there are stark differences between Democrats and Republicans, even in terms of their views of foreign policy. So we have deep domestic political polarization over domestic politics. But I think we also see pretty substantial underlying polarization in foreign policy objectives about things like the rise of China um, and how pressing and what the nature of that is as a threat, climate change, terrorism. So I think there's this kind of deeper underlying set of divides within American domestic politics that are going to have kind of ripple effects that would have been there even without the capital, right, that I think will undermine the ability of the U.S. to come up with really kind of sustained, coherent policies. Um, but I'm curious, kind of what's your take on, as we get past this, what that looks like in a Biden administration? Will a Biden administration be able to kind of pursue a more united, bipartisan foreign policy, or are we in for kind of a bumpy ride moving forward? You know, just to, to riff on what you were saying there for a second, um, this is a fairly new phenomenon in U.S. foreign policy. Um, you know, I mean, there have always been partisan elements to U.S. foreign policy. But, you know, back when I was, you know, in undergraduate a very long time ago, you know, undergraduates were taught that that politics stops at the water's edge. That is to say that America has a generally bipartisan foreign policy consensus that it pursued abroad. Um, and what we've seen, um, you know, over the last particularly four years, but but going back further than that, is we've seen that consensus break down, um, you know, and and the different parties, they care about different things now, you know, so Republicans, a certain kind of Republican is absolutely obsessed with ending international agreements, getting out of the United Nations, you know, getting away from that kind of multilateral foreign policy. Uh, Democrats in, in turn are really focused on things like climate change or human rights internationally. Um, and then there are issues where both parties care, but they, they differ. So, you know, Iran, China, you know, just to name a few, um, Russia a little bit over the last few years. 
And so what I find really interesting, I think, about some of Biden's appointments is they very much belong to that older school of, you know, bipartisan foreign policy that, that you know, that you work across the aisle in foreign policy. And so I'm not sure how well they're going to be able to achieve that in this kind of new partisan polarized environment. Yeah, I think that's especially likely to run into challenges when we start thinking about what a really ambitious China policy might look like in terms of costs. Um, so I'm looking at some of this polling, and I think there's a lot of agreement among Americans that China is a problematic actor. But then once you get beneath that, kind of what costs are is the public willing to bear? And there I think there are huge differences in interests in the public about expanding defense spending, for instance, or the severity of the China threat. And so I think you can run into a couple of different challenges. One is between parties, between Democrats and Republicans. Uh, and we already see Republicans using China as a cudgel against Biden. I think, you know, in some right-wing circles, he's called China Joe, right? This Or Beijing Biden. But I think also, and you, you, you picked up on this, there may be an intra-democratic cleavage as well, where kind of the people going into the Biden administration are very committed to kind of long-term strategic cooperation. Whereas I suspect at least some substantial parts, especially the younger democratic base, even if they don't have a, a positive opinion of China, may be less interested in that kind of very resource-intensive focus on strategic competition. So I think we can see kind of multiple layers or multiple levels of, of debate and disagreement on some of these big foreign policy issues moving forward. Are there any others in addition to China, climate change that you think are kind of places to look moving forward as, as areas where there could be disagreement? Yeah, I think Iran, um, you know, we all know that the JCPOA is going to become an issue again almost as soon as Biden's back in office. Um, and just more broadly, the question of whether to open up to Iran or not is going to be a, a big flashpoint with Republicans going forward. Um, but I see that we're out of time. So thank you all for joining us.